0: Welcome to the Destiny Youth Podcast. Destiny Youth is the youth ministry of Destiny Church based in Glasgow. Thanks for listening.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the Destiny Youth Podcast. My name is Matt and I'm here with my good friend, Leah. Hello! Hello. So, Leah, you are a part of Destiny Church and you are the worship director, correct?
0: Yeah. Worship leader, creative director. So far, it's just been worship stuff, but we're working towards creative arts and stuff like that.
1: Excellent. Uh, So before we get started, uh, this podcast is going to be on connecting with God through worship. And specifically, we're going to be focusing on the connect with God type known as the enthusiast. Uh, But before we start, I'd like to start by reading a scripture where David, uh, a great worshiper, described his hunger to glorify the Lord. So we're looking at Psalm 63, 1 through 5. It says, "O God, you are my God with deepest longing. I will seek you. My soul, my life, my very self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and sighs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have gazed upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. So will I bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul, my life, my very self is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praise to you with joyful lips. So what do you think caused this great hunger in David to not only worship God but to know God?
0: I think it's isolation actually being alone and not having anyone Um, I just recently actually been reading this the story of David to a little child and they they couldn't understand why he was on his own there was a huge army of Philistines you know standing there why was he on his own and I think that was what started the hunger inside of his heart because he's brothers were laughing at him, who would you think you are? His leaders were laughing at him, who do you think you are? You can't do this. And I think actually him being in isolation, that's when God trained him and that's where the hunger started coming out. And I think the other thing about him and hungry being hungry for God, I think he understood that you don't have to come to God perfect. He was mm-hmm. worshiping him when he couldn't defeat the lions. He, the, he lost his sheep, you know, or when he won over and killed the bear and he would just, you know, worship God in those moments. I think that's what created the hunger for God, when there's no distractions, that the faith that you have with God and the relationship you start building with God, is nothing to do with your parents coming to church, it's nothing to do with your friends doing certain things in the church or worshipping in a certain way, I think that hunger comes from this isolation and having to be on on your own, understanding that there's nothing else than Jesus in your life that actually whatever might happen, parents might, you know, pass away, friends might leave you. But the one thing that's constant is God. And then that creates this hunger of this really deep and intimate relationship with God, when it's just you on your own, and you realize there's nothing else to the world but Jesus.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting how, when Samuel comes to anoint the next king, and the Lord tells him it's going to come from the house of Jesse. And then Jesse brings all of his sons forward, except for David, he literally forgets him out in the field, Um, which, you know, the Bible doesn't say this, and I'm sure there's a ton of studies out there that, uh, you know, they might think of this, Uh, but I tend to think maybe David was an illegitimate child, and that was why he was left out in the field, and this is who God chose to become king, Someone who, uh, his own father abandoned him out there, yet David was getting to know his heavenly father mm-hmm. in that abandonment. Yeah. There's, there's so much to knowing God as a father rather than just a God. So we still respect him. We reverence him as a God that's holy, but he himself wants a greater relationship than that, Yeah. uh, He loves being worshipped and we should all worship him, but he loves being loved as a father. So how were you taught to meet with God and encounter him um, either as a new Christian or a young Christian? What were the methods, practices, and attitudes that were kind of taught to you to connect and meet with the Lord?
0: So I actually am a pastor's kid, so I've been in church all my life really believed in god all my life um but the moment that it sank in was when i got water baptized that's when i felt a change not like a dramatic change that happened overnight but a change of this as if like the haven't opened and i had like a portal to god it was much quicker getting answers i don't know there was some sort of breakthrough that happened um however I did really connect with God when I left my dad's church I mean I left actually Uzbekistan the house where I grew up in uh, and I had to move to another country by myself and again this was my moment of isolation being on my own not understanding the language and just literally just feeling this disgusting loneliness where I was like there's nothing else that can help me I'm just by myself so um It happened when I moved to the UK and actually I went to a church that taught me how to experience the Holy Spirit. I was actually just processing kind of my life as a child and I never really ever honestly felt like the presence of the Holy Spirit um, when I was growing up. Like Mm -hmm. it just didn't make that much sense, especially during worship. Our worship songs were very, very old. We had a really, really terrible band. So it was kind of very... Stale, and there was nothing really going on. I felt a dream prayer maybe, but I didn't understand the concept. And um, I never really saw my parents like worshiping yeah. God in the house that much because I think, you know, they were pastors, they were doing all of that, you know, in the church, then would come home to kind of relax and revamp. And so actually I ended up not really understanding what worship can mean actually in private, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think I only... Learned that when I moved here by myself and I went to a church that was moving in the Holy Spirit. I remember uh, the pastor would just stop the whole inside congregation and the worship would just continue. And he would just scrap the, you know, the preaching, the notices, and he would just soak in worship for four hours. Yeah. And so in that moment, I felt so much stuff. I was crying all the time, you know, and I just felt this closeness to God. And that made me kind of understand that this is what I need. I need this relationship with God, not just through worship, but just feeling the Holy Spirit inside of my heart, changing me from within and um, just being there as a close friend. but also just really being able to almost touch him and feel him tangibly um, when I was worshiping or praying.
1: Yeah. So today we're focusing on the enthusiast. This is one of the ways that you connect with God. Uh, The enthusiast loves to worship. They love to celebrate the Lord. And this can either be through song or movement like dance or expression. So some sort of creativity, Um, whatever they're doing, they just want it to be a celebration of God. So King David was a great example of this. Uh, He brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. And whenever he brought it in, he he literally just wanted to celebrate that the presence, which the ark was where the presence of God actually came and sat in the temple. He was celebrating that they have the presence back with with the people of the Lord. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to read from Second Samuel chapter six, verse fourteen, real quick. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and sat it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord after he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person and the whole crowd of the Israelites, both men and women. All of the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, "'How the king of Israel has dis- distinguished himself today!' going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. So there's a lot to to unpack there. But firstly, we see David with this. It says with all his might. He this dude just went in and uh, with the linen ephod. He took off his kingly garments. He took off the garments that were honoring to his position. And he wore the garments of someone who served in the temple. Now, whether whether this was like a loincloth or like the lower breeches that a priest would wear, either way, he stripped down to where he was, like it says, half naked. And he just dances and celebrates, hands out food, hands out gifts, there's music, there's all this celebration going on because he's so happy and wanting to honor the presence of the Lord. And I feel like there's a lot of people who connect with God in that way where it's like, come on everybody, let's celebrate God, it's a a party, we're so happy that his presence is here. And you have overly religious people like Michael Saul's daughter, who are like, you're humiliating yourself. Stop dancing around in church. Stop doing that. Stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And there's different types of people who connect with God in different ways. Me personally, you're not going to see me like dancing and leaping around because that's just not a a part of how I connect with God. If the Lord told me to dance around, then by God, I'm going to do it because he said, do it but it's not going to be this regular occurrence. But if I saw somebody else dancing before the Lord, and then I said, Oh, that's humiliating. Why would you do that? It's interesting to see that it specifically states that Michael never had any children to the day of her death. And there's two parts of that that are interesting and i I like saying this a lot because i'm fascinated by it number one the physical side of that is she doesn't become pregnant either because she becomes barren from that moment forward or david never slept with her again he was that put off by her comment and spiritually i think what happens is when people look at the different ways that other people are connecting with God and they have a religious spirit, they're barren. Mm -hmm. There's a barrenness there because, you know, I'm not saying they need to go and dance before the Lord, but it's like, how far are you willing to come to the Lord in humility rather than in your proudness of, I refuse to bow in church. I refuse to lay on the floor and get on my face. I refuse to jump. I refuse to clap. I refuse to raise my hands. You know, whatever it is, at what point does your refusal to be humble before the Lord make you spiritually barren mm-hmm. like Michael?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that actually, before when you asked me to do this, that specific scripture of David dancing around naked was the like the spotlight mm-hmm. for me and it's, i was just laughing because you were reading it and i it was like god is just confirming what i had to speak about today and i think the issue that we have in the church and i think this whole judgmental side of people coming in is only because we've been taught from different churches and different cultures that there are certain things that we need to do to be able to worship god mm-hmm. and that's just absolute nonsense because David wrote all the Psalms, you know, in the Bible. If you read the Psalms properly, you know, through beginning to the end, people usually actually now, um, especially like um, psychiatrists and whatever who are Christians, they say he might have had ADHD. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fact that he's always kind of happy and sad, happy and sad, but actually that's normal way of living. We will not always be happy. We will not always feel amazing. We will not always make the right decisions. But even in those decisions, he still praised God. Yeah. you know and i think that's the whole idea that he was dancing around naked he didn't care because in that moment you know he was just literally his true self and i think this whole stripping off of this religiousness and taking those cloaks off of us mm-hmm. um, that's what's important and i've seen people i've seen pastors. I've, i mean i've met pastors who are like i've met them face to face i've just you know um been around these people and the humility that people have in front of god is we're all the same actually you know and we need to come like david i think that was a really significant thing to strip off all of those um labels and things and whatever you know in that moment and just be honest in front of god and i think i find where we as a worship team actually hit the wall like we just worship and nothing's going around we're worshiping and nothing's going through and you can't see anything changing. So I actually started speaking to them about this recently just to kind of really push ourselves and make them understand that we don't come like dressed up and suited up for church. We come as we are, you know? And actually I made a specific thing. I mean, I mean, I made a promise. I was like, I'm going to come. I'm going to be honest. If I had a terrible week, I will tell them that I had a terrible week, but God is good yeah. through it all. Um, and I think them seeing me going through back pains, you know, I couldn't even stand up. I had to like wear a brace and still worshiping God, still being thankful. Um, I used to come to them when I literally would just, I'm like, guys, I'm just burning out right now, you know, but I would be so honest with them. I think it showed them that that's okay to do. And so I think personally, we can't really change much what's going on in congregation. I mean, yeah. in the moment, but what we can do, we can prepare for it. So I think what we do as a worship team, a team in general, we are, preparing ourselves and they tell them we have to come to god as we are so some people are going through stuff and the enemy will always try to distract us with little things and make them huge things um like i told you just earlier on i was like i've been having nightmares every single day ever since you asked me to do this podcast so i know this is the enemy speaking i know i don't feel up for it or i don't feel like you know i'm being my best self but even in those moments i come to god Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. I think the church just needs to understand that we don't come to church and look at everybody else. Is he raising his hand up or is he, I don't know, how is he dressed or she's whatever. I think I used to be that way actually, I used to come and judge so much and um, and I would miss out on this amazing worship moment. So everybody's worshiping and I'm standing there judging everyone. I think what it is, is laying down the burdens of our days or our weeks mm-hmm. at Lord's feet, you know and you're putting it literally at the cross and saying, Jesus, whatever is going on, financial stuff that's holding me back, like a friendship that just broke up or I don't know, my mom is not feeling very well. You put all of that down in front of the Lord and only then can we do authentic worship that yeah. is pleasing to God. And I think recently right now with all the kind of you know elevation worship and Maverick City coming up, people think that it's all about perfection, having really good voice or having really, really good musicians. But I... Recently had this encounter with God and I cried out to him because people would make comments about worship in different churches and saying things like Oh, it was so impressive. It was excellent. They had really good voices The transitions were good and I literally stood there in anger thinking Jesus may we never (laughs) sing in tune and you know, may we never do something so perfect to the point that everybody else thinks this was great and really great, like skill and really great sound, this is amazing. And not a single person was saved, not a single person was touched by the Holy Spirit, and not a single person have felt their relationship with God deeper. And I actually told the team as well recently, I was like, even if we just stood there on stage playing one single chord, holding it the whole time for four hours and just saying the name Jesus. But if we did that with the purest of hearts, just authentically and honestly how we are, not hiding anything from the Lord, just being like, this is how I am, but I love you. Then things would change. It's not about the beautiful things. It's not about wearing a cool outfit. It's not about, you know, practicing your runs or whatever. That's what I think the worship is about. I think the specific scripture of David just stripping up and being like, "Um, this is who I am right now. That's what I want to do. I want to celebrate the Lord and I want to do this. And I want to, you know, it was just authentically, unapologetically being himself. But not just David, he's being a child of God in that moment. And I think that's what we can do as the church, but also just in our personal worship when we come to God, no matter how we feel. He actually loves it when we do that. He's like, wow, she's being honest. She's being authentic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, that's where I would kind of put, put it.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's worship and not a concert. Mm. And a concert doesn't do anything for anybody. It literally doesn't, other than the person who's performing. Yeah. And so when it is truly worship, when it is truly celebrating God, and like you said, coming in and whatever your garment is, whether it's, oh, I have the garment of a pastor, I have the Mm. garment of a businessman, I have the garment of, you know, whoever and whatever, it's like taking that off and saying, God, without you, I'm nothing I'm absolutely nothing. And that is how good you are. You took my nothing and you made me something. You made me a son. You made me a daughter of you. And that's why I worship you. But there's, there's so many churches right now where people either haven't been taught what true worship looks like. And they just go through the paces of and now is the time that we all stand and we open up our hymnals and we read the lyrics and we sing those out when there's zero connection to the father and it's just singing. Uh and I mean it it breaks your heart to think about it because it's it's a practice rather than this relational, every part of you crying out how good and how amazing he is. Mm -hmm. And there's even some songs where it's like people are singing it and it's like, you don't even know what you're singing. No, You don't know the meaning behind what you're saying. And it's, it's like you said, I'd rather just sit there and sing the name Jesus over and over and over and over repeating that than repeating, you know, some other modern Christian song where the lyrics are just nonsense or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. With your daily encounters with god lead us through like what your day looks like as an enthusiast someone who who loves celebrating god what does your encounter with him look like on a daily basis
0: so i think it's interesting because i used to just want to have a structure i used to ask all different pastors all different leaders what is it that you do um if I knew that they were walking with God and I had this Holy Spirit moment and I was like, oh, I have to get up at 6 a.m., you know, worship God for two hours and, you know, and do my daily devotional and go to work, blah, blah. Um, and I really tried that and there were moments where God would just wake me up. I'm just awake at four AM and God as I like, go to this part of the scripture and it was really timely and beautiful, but he didn't do that every day. And I tried to recreate those moments, but actually they weren't the moments that I had to live through. And I realized actually that God created me in a certain way. So some people connect with God in the morning. I can't connect with anything in the morning. <laughs> so for me, my encounters with God that were like I mean powerful would be at nighttime when i've had a whole day i had a lot of thoughts in my brain you know i'm i had a lot of conversations things would kind of shift move i would see things that would frustrate me and that's when i give everything to the lord Mm -hmm. and so i think it's the way that i do it i just try to kind of have some sort of discipline with god but at the same time I know God created me in a certain way, so I try to kind of amend that a little bit more. For me, for example, I just love walking and listening to music. For me, that's amazing. Um, I love walking because nobody's really around, so I can like mouth the words, you know, when I Mm -hmm. feel like it. Um, And I just love like also almost like praying in tongues as I walk and listen to a worship song, for example. Um, So I think I just try to do it when, um, almost like when I feel like it, much more, but Mm -hmm. when I don't feel like it, I would then, I know that I have to make time for that. Um, For me, for example, I think the, um, some worship songs are very important because you need to know what you're listening to. So you can't just listen to some random worship playlist. Um, So I actually carefully curate the songs that, you know, that I really enjoy and they're actually biblical that are stirring up my spirit. Um, And for me as an enthusiast, um, I think people think that's so natural I'm actually a very um, naturally with a, in a flesh. And if I was not a Christian, I probably would be depressed. Mm-hmm. I love somber songs. I actually can't write happy songs. <laughs> so when I write my own songs, they're very moody. They're in a minor key. That's what is inside of me that's mm-hmm. coming out. Um, and there are moments when I just want to like soak in that like almost um, like somber feel of like remembering what God has done for me in the dark times. And it's important to do that. But I have to um, make a choice. It's an active choice every single day to be joyful and to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to look at life with praise in my mouth and not just complaining, for example. And so I think for me, to sum it up altogether, I would always have time in the evening with God, Wh- whatever, whatever that looks like. Sometimes it could literally just be, I don't have anything to say. It happens, it's just I'm like, I don't know what to say. So I would just either write it down or read the word of God together with like some sort of music on the background or I would just lie down on my bed and just have like a Christian music pad on the background and mm-hmm. just feel in that moment and sometimes it doesn't even have to get anywhere It's just Holy Spirit be like I'm here. There's no answers. There's no questions. It's just that moment of it however, sometimes moments happen and I know people live in different places especially with like you know teenagers you might share a room with somebody you know or i don't know you live with your parents and there's always different stuff that you can't really express yourself maybe i would suggest actually learning how to listen to god and like actively ask him during your whole entire day whenever you eat whenever you um speak to somebody whenever you catch a train or a bus there were moments much more recently actually when i go i told god you have a whole 24 hours to speak to me Mm -hmm. so do it whenever you'd like and i i I specifically made my brain and like my mindset was i'm available so if the holy spirit was to speak to me as i'm working as i'm walking or in the gym or when i'm speaking to a friend and i just feel this nudge in my heart i would acknowledge it and i was like god like what is it that you want to do you know and actually somebody recently told me that the Holy Spirit is like a radio in the car. It's always on. So he's always speaking. It's like, when do you tune in to Mm -hmm. really listen? Are you just driving and you daydreaming about something else? Are you driving and listening to the radio? And I think that it's, it it doesn't come naturally to anyone. People think that, oh, Leah just like loves Jesus. And that's how it doesn't happen naturally. I have to physically do it. But I think um, just even waking up in the morning, which is really tough sometimes, but I wake up, I'm like, actually, Holy Spirit, this is your day to do whatever you want and most of the time um, I don't feel great Um, I might feel amazing I might feel different ways you know every single day but knowing that the Holy Spirit will still be there all the time Um, so for me rigid structure doesn't work I can't do that Mm -hmm. rigid things actually they make me restrict they make me hate my friendship with God they make me hate my time with God so I try to just embrace the everything so if I walk around and see a beautiful star or if I'm you know sitting somewhere I hear like Bird singing or something you know i'm actually just making the whole day and the whole um like everything that surrounds me aware that this is for the glory of jesus and when you live like that you realize that your heart posture is always in the right place um but well, most of the time in the right place so that's how we describe my day it's not really I, sadly nobody can really follow that but i wouldn't say follow what other people are doing yeah. try it out but ask god what is it What, what when can i hear you better and kind of um try to realize on your own how you work and how your relationship with god works
1: yeah and and that's another important thing to to point out is all of these connect with god types no one is just one solid one and when you look at jesus he was all of these connect types in the absolute perfect way Mm. he was an enthusiast. He 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 also enjoyed isolation. He enjoyed celebrating God in front of people. Uh, he enjoyed nature, all these different things. For those of you out there who are listening to this, don't feel like you have to stick to just one. In fact, I encourage you, do not stick to just one. Try a bunch of them and see where the Lord speaks to you. Uh, and then lastly, Leah, for people out there who feel like they connect with God through celebration, through being an enthusiast, what is your encouragement for them in how to not just connect with God in that way in a corporate setting, but in a daily personal setting? If they're an enthusiast, what's your encouragement for them?
0: I would say an enthusiast, there's always a room for celebration, always. And interestingly, I found myself um, restricting my own self when I feel this joy, you know. Mm. Um, And it usually happens like um, smiling at somebody, you know, or I could be in a meeting and I just really want to like hug that person or um, encourage somebody or tell them, oh, I love you, you know. I used to hold myself back because that's not cool. That's not how cool people behave. And this isn't appropriate. And, you know, um, expressing feelings is just like, this is too much, you know? Yeah. But actually, when I, I I realized that I feel those moments a lot. And when I used to restrict myself, it would not come out. And so my worship would kind of be also not really fully coming out, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think as an enthusiast, I would say, first of all, in the moments where you feel like this joy and this you know i don't know just pure happiness you know maybe maybe happiness not a good word but this deep deep joy inside of your heart and you just want to like dance and do something do it yeah whatever it whatever it might look like it might look like in a coffee shop sometimes i'm just like super excited so i'm like oh thank you so much like and i would i would just let it out and actually you don't realize how much people need that. They might not know, you might not preach to them evangelism in that very moment when you're paying for your coffee, yeah. but you might make their day by just smiling. And I think I realized that God really moves moved me in some senses. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because people years on end, then afterwards will tell me, do you know the reason why I stayed for the church or the reason why X, Y, and Z happened or the reason why I'm friends with you is because you smiled at me mm. and you hugged me or you touched my hand. And I, was like, I thought that was not important, I just did it because I was like, I'm just a crazy person, you know, I'm just too excited. But actually God can move in those moments as well. And I think, but when you feel somber, I think as an enthusiast, you can feel all spectrum of emotions a lot. I would encourage you when you're feeling really down and you're feeling really like in a deep end, you might think, actually, because I'm not feeling really happy and enthusiastic right now. God yeah. doesn't want that. God wants that. And so if you use the exact same thing of pushing us forward, you know, towards the joy, towards Jesus, towards the gospel and the good news, it will then help you also manage the really deep kind of dark valley moment. And I'm telling you, they're going to pass much faster. So I would say just in general, embrace who God created you to be, that's important. Um, Be the cheerleader for other people, be the encourager. Encourage yourself, just adore God. And um, yeah, just I would say just embrace the moments when you feel super excited about the Lord and wanting to share that with people. Go for it, don't be scared, don't be ashamed. Um, But also when you or yourself or somebody else is really feeling down, really use the same enthusiasm to kind of pull yourself out closer to Jesus from those valleys.
1: Yeah. No matter who you are, you always have a reason to celebrate the Lord, no matter what. And what I mean by that is this. Leah, if I was to give you $5 million today, (laughs) would you celebrate that?
0: Come on, of course I will.
1: (laughs) Would you throw a big party, invite all your friends to it? You would absolutely celebrate it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So what if I gave you that $5 million... But a part of that deal is you had to die tomorrow morning. Would you accept the 5 million?
0: No, I wouldn't. No. That's costing me my life.
1: <laughs> so your life waking up tomorrow is worth more to you than $5 million. Absolutely. So if you're willing to celebrate and throw a big party for $5 million, yet we take for granted the the breath that we take in the morning Mm. that the Lord allows us to be here on this earth for another day. That's the biggest reason to celebrate is you wake up with a new day provided to you from the Lord.
0: Absolutely.
1: So no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, you always have that reason to celebrate. And you also have a reason to celebrate Jesus. Because you don't have to wake up and go through your entire life without him. Mm-hmm. So let's just close out in prayer really quick. Let's just pray over everyone listening to this. Lord Jesus, we love you. We say that you are holy. Your presence is holy. We love that you have made yourself available to us, Lord, and that is a reason to celebrate. You are a good God. And Lord, we just pray over anyone listening to this podcast that you would remind them daily that you are with them and they have a reason to celebrate. No matter what they're going through, there's always a reason to praise you because you are so good to us. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing and everything that you will do for everyone who is listening now. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Can I just quickly actually, I saw an image for somebody who is listening to this right now. I saw you standing um, kind of in the spotlight but like around the, the lights and you had maracas in your hands. So you're kind of ready to, you know, praise Jesus but you like standing still like frozen. And the Lord showed me that um, when you get closer to him, and actually you are an enthusiast, but you're scared to be one, the Lord then showed me that he was gonna pour out an oil of praise on you. And you were standing there with maracas, all soaking in this praise, ready to go. And I think God just wants to let you know that, do it. If you've been feeling like you want to start dancing and jumping around during worship, but your friends are not that kind of people, the Lord is saying, do it, do it for me. Um, yeah, he's actually going to release a lot of things onto you when you do listen and you really go for it. And I feel like you're ready, like your maracas are in your hands. You're ready to start worshiping and clapping and praising Jesus, but actually you just there's something else is holding you back. So the Lord says, do it for me. Do it.
1: Yeah. Obey the Lord. Amen. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to say. Just, just shut your mouth and obey. Yeah. Just Amen do it. to that. <laughs> All right, Leah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time.